Take off your pants. Unleash your true self. Real unicorns don't wear pants. Oh, hey, money-making unicorns. How the fuck are you guys today? Guys, you seen Bring It On, right? This is a motherfucking cheerocracy and I'm pulling rank. That's how this works. It's not a democracy. <laughs> I was talking to my team about leadership style today and like that's what came to the forefront, right? But I realized is that so many people don't really have like a leadership story. They don't really have this dialed in in their business and they don't really know what kind of leader they are. And so they're kind of always at the mercy of reacting to how everyone else is behaving. And so they become a leader that is actually governed by followers. And that's ironic, right? Because you're not a leader at all if you're constantly in a state of reaction to your followership. And so this is something that as an independent contractor, as an entrepreneur, as someone who's being self-led is to really focus on developing inside of yourself in order to create those success patterns in your life and in your business is to learn how to be self-led, but it's also to identify your personal leadership style because it's different literally for everybody, right? We all have our own leadership style. And so this is something that, uh, you know, really develops when you're a little kid and there's a lot of different factors that come into this. So it is being aware and bringing more self-awareness into your leadership style, how you were raised, um, certain things that happened in your childhood, what happened for you in school, and then who you became as far as maybe corporate goes or what kind of job you took on and what kind of rank you had in that job before you became an entrepreneur. So it's really rewarding finding all the way back to the beginning to take a look at that leadership style, how it develops, and what kind of leader you ultimately desire to be. Because it doesn't matter what happened when you were a kid. It doesn't matter what happened in fucking school or corporate. If you want to change your leadership style, you can anytime that you want to, because you are a brilliant fucking self, self-sovereign self being who gets to choose how you think and feel. Therefore, you get to choose your fucking results. So I want you to take a look at this with me, okay? Let's peel back some fucking layers so that you can get into this leadership kind of quality because there's a lot of buzzwords running around on the fucking internet about authority and leadership and um, who you do, who you become as far as a leader goes when you're in a corporate development versus when you're an entrepreneur, how you want to run your business, all of those pieces. And a lot of people just don't fucking talk about it. Okay. So let's use me as the guinea pig, right? Because that's the fun way to fucking do it. So once upon a time, I was the firstborn. Okay. Let's start there, right? Is that I'm the oldest child in my family. Okay. And not just like, not just in the sense of the siblings, but also like, I didn't have any cousins that were like close to my age. Like I didn't have like a lot of that, like outrankingness, right? My closest cousin, I think is eight years older than me. And so I didn't spend a lot of time with them until I became a teenager and they started getting me into nightclubs and giving me fake IDs. <laughs> That's when I hung out with my cousins. But when I was a baby, like I was the only baby, right? I was the first one. And then my brother followed very quickly because my brother and I are only 14 months apart. Okay. So I didn't have only child syndrome for very long because I wasn't an only child for very long at all <laughs> because my mom was pregnant instantly um, after she gave birth to me. Right. So I, I wasn't, I mean, I was really barely, a, barely a, an only child for like three months, <laughs> three months before she was pregnant with my brother. And then he was there. So it's important to understand that like your sibling ranking 
is definitely going to play a part in your leadership style. Okay. So bringing some awareness to that as the oldest child, um, I was definitely someone who was born, born very bossy. (laughs) I have a very bossy demeanor. I like to tell people what the fuck to do. Um, and I definitely told my little brother what to do all the time. And, um, I wanted to set him free. You know, I would open the front gate for him and let him out. get the fuck out of here, get gone. Um, and in fact, I was very offended that my mom had a brother for me instead of a pony because what I ordered was a motherfucking pony and that motherfucker was not a pony. Okay. That's not what I ordered. Send it back. I want my pony. Um, that's definitely how I felt in that, in that younger age of like having a, a baby sibling, right? So take a look at that ranking first um, and how that impacts you. Who were you in your sibling dynamic? How did you behave? Um, You know, a lot of the stories that my parents tell me about being a little kid was about me, you know, bossing my brother around or getting him in trouble or, you know, cutting his hair and putting all of his hair in the dresser and then telling everybody that he cut his own hair, (laughs) right? That was me. Okay. Um, so very much developing that leadership style, um, my way or the highway, like that was what was happening. And then my brother was pretty docile. He was a pretty docile child. He is still pretty docile. Right. Um, and so it's still that ranking feel is like, I outrank my brother. Um, and so that flow pattern continued literally our whole lives. Um, then I became a gymnast at a very young age. So I started doing gymnastics at age four, which meant that I had a coach, right? And so because I showed so much promise and I had like the right like physical attributes as a young gymnast, they moved me up very quickly, which meant that I was in groups where a lot of the girls were much older than me. Um, and so I was like the youngest one in there, but then also being around these older girls definitely it warped the way that I perceived things. Right. And then also being coached very harshly for my age is that I was, you know, seven years old being treated as a 12 year old. Right. And so as those kind of, those kinds of leadership qualities come in, you tend to lead how you're led. And so my coaches were very tough on me. Um, when I was, you know, when I was 10 years old, I was at the tops camp, which is, you know, a national thing where we were being coached by Bella Caroli, right? Like, so it was very, very strict, very rigid. There was very little compassion um, from our coaches. Um, there was a lot of bullshit that happened in gymnastics, right? That definitely impacted my leadership qualities, but also in being part of a team. And gymnastics isn't isn't really a team sport, but they present it as a team sport in some ways in order to kind of control you, right? But there was a lot of competitiveness that comes in in how you're supposed to behave as a member of the team, right? And so they expected certain leadership qualities of me at a very young age. So throughout gymnastics, lots of leadership stuff there. When we get into group project land inside of school, um, you know, I was, I was the one that was in charge, right? Because it was important to me that we got an A and, you know, quite honestly, like that was something where I was willing to push people down to get there. Right. I had a very, a very dictator level of leadership in, in a very, at a very young age of like, this is how we're going to do it. It's my way or the highway. Go fuck yourself because I want an A. I'm willing to do the extra work. And because I'm a workhorse, like I would just get shit done. And it was easier for me to get shit done than it was to teach people other, other people how to fucking do it. And I would just kind of give that, that energy of like, get out of the way. Like I'll do it myself. Right. Um, and that carried on throughout high school. Um, I definitely had a lot of those leadership qualities, but I was very rebellious. And so I wouldn't assimilate. I didn't have that assimilation through high school. I would not do what I was told. I got in trouble a lot in school. Um, I was constantly like in the principal's office for fucking something. Right. But that a lot of that had to do with self-leadership. I would not adhere to bullshit ass dress code. Like that stuff was fucking dumb. Um, I would speak by might. 
And so those kinds of qualities made me a problem child, right? So some of those leadership things got pushed down a little bit, right? Because I was told that I needed to sit down and and be quiet. I needed to sit down and assimilate. Um, I needed to do what I was told. I needed to go along to get along. There was a lot of that that happened. Um, And then as I got into bartender land, right? It was it was very apparent that I cared about this a lot more than other people did because I took a lot of pride in the work that I was doing. And so that meant that I would often take on more responsibility um, than was was warranted, right? And so I would, you know, do above and beyond things. I would plan theme days to try and help us make more money. I would take on managerial roles without getting paid for them, right? <laughs> Shit like that. Um, so it translated into overachiever syndrome where I was constantly doing more than I was getting paid for, more than I was, you know, quote unquote qualified for. And so this led to a lot of really great things in my life, but it serves in one way and limits in another. So if you can look at your leadership story of how you grew up and how you developed that through school, through high school, into your first or second career, right? Kind of looking at all those pieces, you're going to start to see like what that leadership looked like for you and how that serves you and how that limits you. I know that as an overachiever, I get shit done. I have an ungodly capacity for work. Like I can get so much fucking done in such a short amount of time. I am wildly fucking efficient because I've always had to do everything by my fucking self, right? I needed a clone. So I cloned myself within myself and just worked double time. And like, that's why I'm fast. That's why I'm efficient. That's why I get so much fucking shit done. But the limit of this is that I'm not great at delegation right? Um, I'm not great at allowing support. I'm not great at letting other people take the lead, right? Those are things that I really fucking struggled with in the beginning of entrepreneurship because I didn't know how to do those things. So, and I'm not talking about my coaching business. I'm talking about when I became a bar consultant, right? When I became a bar consultant, I really, really sucked at delegation. So I developed a delegation formula for myself. Okay, that I had to hold my own boundaries of how I delegate. And now that's a delegation system that I use in coaching that is highly effective, but it's highly effective because I've been doing it for fucking 10 years, right? Lots of practice, lots of mistakes. And so now I can pass that along to my clients. I can pass that along to my team. And so I teach them the delegation formula that is really about results driving and being in a space of leadership rather than micromanagement is being able to effectively delegate. If you're not good at delegating, you can't expect people to fucking be good at doing the delegation, right? So this is really a communication tool. I use things like the disc to get way better at understanding other people's points of view, because quite honestly, I don't understand you guys' points of view quite frequently. I don't have that skill set of being able to put myself in, in other people's shoes. Like I just don't, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with people most of the time. And I feel like an alien, right? But I know that about myself. So because I have the self-awareness, I can make adjustments and give myself tools like the disc to be able to compensate for my weakness. My weakness is, is that I don't really see things from your point of view. I generally think that like people are stupid, right? Like I have that assumption that it's like, oh, the reason why you're not doing this is because you're stupid. And like, that sounds judgy, but that's genuinely how I feel. So if I know that's how I feel, I can give myself like a tool, like the disc to be able to like, oh, they're not stupid. They are just seeing things from a completely different vantage point. And once I could understand the disc, then I could understand people so much better and my communication style improved. Therefore, my leadership improved and I didn't need to rule with an iron fist anymore because I could present delegations in a language pattern that made sense for a C or made sense for an I, even though it didn't make sense for me. I could make those adjustments to get the results that I wanted. So I could give myself the tools based on my awareness. The fact of the matter is, guys, if you can't identify 
a constraint, you can't fucking alleviate it, right? So it's creating that clarity in your own mindset of knowing what your leadership style naturally has evolved into being. And then also saying to yourself, how could I improve this? I knew that I sucked at fucking delegation. So I built myself a formula. I knew that I sucked at understanding other people's points of view. So I dug into the disc and really learned this shit, really read a lot about it um, and put it into practical application day after day for 15 fucking years. And so now I'm really good at it right? I took those weaknesses and I built systems around my weaknesses to improve my leadership style to get better. Now, one of the other things was that I really focused on efficiency and results and making money and getting shit done, right? And I didn't really focus so much on the feeling of things because it wasn't important to me. Results were more important than the the way I felt about getting those results. And so that was something that definitely inhibited me in bartender land because I was willing to burn down the house to kill the spider. I didn't care about collateral damage, which of course did not make me a popular leader, right? It made me a good leader in the fact that I was a dictator, (laughs) right? And when I was in charge, shit got done and shit got done correctly, but the team morale suffered for it because I was a fucking bitch. And I know that, right? And I knew that back then. And so that is something that I sought to change in really being able to own my own business and step out of consulting and really run my own business in that space was that that was something that I desired. I wanted to become a benevolent leader. I wanted to be in the space of being more patient and more kind and more understanding and having a bigger heart because I could recognize how valuable loyalty is on your team. And when I was in bartender land, I never had loyalty. I never had that. No one was ever fucking loyal to me at all because I was a bitch and they hated me right? They wanted to work on my team because they wanted to make money, but they didn't want to have to deal with me because I was very hard to deal with, right? And I'm still hard to deal with in some ways, (laughs) for sure, but it's getting better, right? It's something that I've committed to an improvement is that I am extremely benevolent. I do pay um, at a pretty aggressive rate, but also like I have a lot of like benefits that I give to my team where it's like I let them, um, I let them be in a state of like completely setting their own times and their own energy and like how they want to run things. Like I don't micromanage. I'm not in that place of telling people what to do, exactly how to do it and all that is that I let you bring your own ideas. I let you, I encourage you to bring ingenuity to your job so that you enjoy the things that you are doing. Right. But also, you know, it's that respect thing, right? It's like, I, I really wanted to be in the space of respect, not fear. I don't want my, my, st- my staff or my team to be afraid of me in any context. I want them to feel the feeling of respect. And so that comes from benevolence. And so, you know, I do things like give people birthday, birthday gifts. And I, I do things like give people bonuses and, and, you know, little, little kickdowns and, you know, come, come with me to Mexico and like those different things. Like I like being able to provide those things for my team, but that's part of the benevolence energy that I have intentionally developed inside of my leadership style. That was not inherently there. I was not born with the benevolence. That is something that I choose to embody a little bit more each day. And I look for different opportunities on my team to incorporate this kind of leadership. And ultimately that starts with the benevolence to myself, right? is that I used to be really, really hard on myself. Like when I made mistakes, I I could not let it go. I would just put it in my head a million times and like beat myself, like beat the dead horse um, over the mistakes that I had made. But I realized that I couldn't be a benevolent leader to others if I didn't become a benevolent leader to myself. So I'm much kinder to myself now than I've ever been. And that really allows me to step into that next frequency of really being able to allow that kindness to come through in my business, in my, in my leadership style for my team, but also the leadership style for my clients, right? So allowing yourself to develop your leadership style based on what's happened in your life, but then also setting the intention of like, Hey, what kind of leader do I want to be known as? 
Who do I want to become in this? This is something that doesn't just happen. It's something that you choose over and over and over again. And you repattern those old beliefs. You can change anything that you want to fucking change. You are not at the mercy of the fact of like, oh, well, I'm going to be a dick because my old boss was a dick. I'm going to be a dick because my dad was a dick. No, you get to choose how you want to show up regardless of what is or is not happening. You have the choice. And so that's something that I embody every single day and seek to work through is that every time that I'm working on something with my team, it's I'm asking myself that question of what kind of leader do I want to be here? right? How do I want my leadership qualities to come through? What's the highest and best solution to this constraint, right? And I'm allowing myself to become that person, but also doing so with grace, knowing that I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to fucking make mistakes. And it's okay for me to talk to my team about those mistakes. It's okay to be transparent with my team around the way that I'm feeling as a leader. And this is something that I feel like a lot of people definitely skip is the transparency. So one of the highest and best things that you can do in your leadership style development is to really clearly write out and articulate your core values for you, the way you carry yourself and the way that you represent yourself within your business and the way that you interact with others. We have a core value sheet inside of Wonder World that gets shared with everybody that comes on to our team, everybody that we work with in tandem in any way, shape or form is aware of my core values that are upheld through Wonder World Marketing, right? So really being very clear about your core values within you, inside of yourself, but also being willing to share those core values with people on your team and people that you're going to work with and with your clients, this is going to allow you to step into that leadership role in a more tangible way. So go take action on that shit, peel back some layers, take a look at your leadership style and where you want to go with it, and then develop some awareness around what your core values are and how those core values are specifically executed inside of your day-to-day business practices, all right? So take off your motherfucking pants, lead the motherfucking way, right? And remember, guys, it doesn't have to be a democracy. It can 100% be a bureaucracy, and you are well within your right to fucking pull rank. more trouble, go to realunicornsdon'twearpants.com. Hit that subscribe button and remember, hashtag fuck pants.